Hello and welcome to the Divine Radiance Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Maria, solar feminine priestess and personal coach at the Temple of Divine Radiance. I believe that every woman's body is designed to manifest the glory of God and that we activate this power by coming into deep union with God the Source and with the feminine and masculine aspects of ourselves. Together we'll explore how this inner union can restore and renew the areas of our outer lives that are often challenging, such as men, money, mission, marketing, and our creative muse. And now, today's episode. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Divine Radiance Podcast headscarf episode, all about the symbolism of taking the veil. If I sound a little nasally to you, it's because I am a little nasally. I've been dealing with a bit of a head cold the past week. Change of weather here in the deserts, for some reason, always seems to do that. So I apologize in advance for my voice, and you are brave to continue on with me, but thank you to everyone who does and to those who send messages and tell me how much you're enjoying the podcast or suggest episode topics. I really appreciate the conversation. Um, it's, It's so lovely and it's such a gift to feel that sense of connection with all of you. So I decided to record this episode about headscarves, uh, or head wraps, or a hijab, or Uh, well, sometimes it's known as Shayla here, but hijab is the more commonly known term in the West for headscarves that are worn by women in the region where I live here in the Middle East, but they can have different names in different places. Women all over the world have covered their heads for centuries. In fact, uh, the Islamic hijab, really many of the styles look very similar to the wimple and veil that were worn by high-class European women in the Middle Ages. Um, It's actually a much more recent innovation for women to go around with their heads uncovered, but we will talk about that more later. So, so many people have reached out to me to say, I love your veil or that you've moved, you know, from the turban to the veil. I love your talking about the veil. I feel called to take the veil myself. And the interesting thing is that many of these women are not religious. Like me, many of them are moving toward a embodiment of divine consciousness and a relationship with the creative consciousness of Father, Mother, God, not so much with God as known in the the traditional patriarchal way in religion or the traditional matriarchal way as seen often in spiritual traditions. So we're not talking about taking a headscarf here for a particular faith. We are talking about the practice of expressing divine connection through the personal symbol of the headscarf and uh, just understand that while this this concept can be very emotionally loaded for a lot of people it has a lot of associations in the west um, with oppression and women being forced to do things basically it's considered a symbol of patriarchy and I think it's so interesting that many many women are taking this back uh, you know, there there are even women who identify as feminists who rap, and I, I do not identify as a feminist, by the way, and I, and I don't think a lot of the women who are writing to me about their desire to, to uh, wear the scarf, I don't think they're feminists either, although I can't speak for them, but 
just to tell you, it's women all over the map who are really coming back to this very ancient practice. And we'll explore some of the reasons for that today and talk a bit about really the wider symbolism of the veil. So um, let me just start by talking about that. That when I talk about wearing a headscarf, to me, it really is about taking the veil. If you come from a Catholic background, obviously this term is very much associated with being a nun. Um, as a child, I was obsessed with being a nun. I wanted to be one. I just didn't want to have to give up having a family. I didn't come from a Catholic background, but I loved the idea of being a woman devoted in, in service to God. And I, I really wanted to be a nun. Never happened, of course, but I've always kind of, I've seen how little aspects of the devoted life really have, uh, have, have been manifested in my personal experience at various points. And I like to think that that desire kind of happened, uh, even though it didn't happen in the traditional way. And a lot of women I've found actually who, who are, feel very connected to God, feel called to be in spiritual service, feel called to be a priestess or some other type of feminine, spiritual, uh, you know, spiritual servant in a sense, uh, they identify with this practice, Catholic or not, Christian or not, Muslim or not, Jewish or not, Buddhist or not. Like it does, it, it crosses, you know, so many lines, so many women saying, I remember this practice. I remember when my connection to God was symbolized with this garment that I wore. And the veiling of priestesses or women in spiritual service goes all the way back to ancient times. Um, I believe it was in ancient Mesopotamia that priestesses wore veils that literally came down to their ankles. And many of these women were not temple priestesses in the the sensationalistic way that it's, you know, people commonly talk about like the sexual priestess or, um, you know, that the temple sex worker in a sense, these women were, they, they owned businesses, they cared for orphan children, they were wet nurses, uh, you know, they, they ran vineyards, like they had very specific, uh, functions in society. Some were scribes, some, some were servants, uh, or, or emissaries in a sense to royalty, but they were recognizable by this long veil. And certainly dress has been a, you know, a way of marking out, you know, someone's spiritual calling or spiritual beliefs since ancient times. So when we look at the veil for women, it goes all the way back there. And then if you want to look at the Abrahamic religions, you know, ask any Muslim women, at least the ones that I've talked to here, and they'll tell you, oh yeah, Jewish and Christian women, they veiled before we came along. You know, they were the ones that veiled, and then, and then many of them took off the veil. So actually, in the early uh, Christian centuries, and certainly, you know, in very ancient times, up till modern times in Judaism, for married women, veiling was common. And we forget that. You know, a lot of times I talk to people who identify as Christians or church-going people, and, you know, they're very much against the practice of veiling because they think that it comes from Islam. But in reality, Christian women and Jewish women veiled uh, certainly, if you read the First Corinthians chapters, First uh, Corinthians chapter eleven, I believe it is, where the Apostle Paul talks about women covering, which is a very controversial chapter. Of course, has been much debated, and I think it's it's really funny that you know a lot of women who don't veil like to talk about that topic and why Paul wasn't really talking about veiling, etc., etc., etc. But in you know in his day and time, it it probably was very likely that women did did veil themselves. So, I think. In modern times, we tend to look at the veil and say, 
well, women are taking this because the men have made them. Men are hiding their bodies. Men are forcing them to be hidden and to be marginalized out of their own lives and, and out of the conversation. And while that has happened, I want to acknowledge that. That ha has happened the world over. It continues to happen. It is a very real issue. At the same time, as I've said before on other platforms, we cannot assume that every woman who veils is oppressed. Many women worldwide choose to take the veil for religious or personal reasons. They want to wear it. They don't want to be asked to remove it. And it can be as much a symbol of power and divine connection as it, as it has been thought in the West to be a symbol of oppression. And that's what I love so much about the veil is it's subversive. In our modern culture, it's subversive. At one time, it wasn't subversive. It was normal. But the maverick and the rebel in me, sorry, I'm drinking some tea here for my voice. The maverick and the rebel in me appreciates that it can be a subversive action today to say, I choose to cover when everyone else is choosing to show off their bodies. Personally, I think that the church culture is objectifying to women because it is so is a, is so obsessed with covering them up because the body is a source of sin. And I think that the New Age movement also objectifies women by taking all the covers off and saying, well, let me just flap my boobs everywhere and you should be okay with this naked picture of me, right? Because um, I'm liberated. Well, I find that to be quite objectifying in many senses as well. It all comes down to intention. It's a highly individual, but I think both of these extremes can be very objectifying. And it's really fascinating to me. It's been fascinating to have conversations with people when they start to realize that, no, I chose this veil. I choose to wear it. Many, many women are choosing to wear it. Right now, I happen to wear a lot of styles that look rather Islamic because, frankly, I found it's the most comfortable style and it, it puts the least stress on my hair. It's My hair has actually been much healthier since I started wrapping this way. And, uh, you know, I find it to be very comfortable to be fully encased. But I've worn Jewish style tichels before and turbans. I was actually taught to wrap by a group of Jewish women when I first started doing it years ago. And uh, there's many, many other styles. There's more the medieval veil style. I have worn those before and wrapped them. When I traveled in Europe and I was visiting medieval sites, I like to wear a medieval veil. I think that's kind of fun. So... There are many, many different styles, many different ways to wrap. You can even get sport wraps to wear when you're exercising if you would like to keep your head warm and your hair tucked back. So it runs the gamut. But let's talk for a second about the veil as a non-disempowering or non-oppressive symbol. What does that really mean? Well, I like to think that as a woman... I am covered by God. I am the glory of God. I am the divine feminine. So are you, if you're a woman and you're listening to this. You hold divine radiance in your body vessel. And you are covered by the Most High. That's a phrase that comes from, I believe, from the book of Psalms in the Old Testament. And as a woman, my divine feminine self, she is powerful. She can be fierce when necessary. She is... Uh, strong. She is determined. But she also doesn't have to carry the load alone. She doesn't have to fight her own battles. She can choose to relax, rest, be receptive, be covered and protected 
by the power of the divine masculine. And I choose to be that. I choose to not have to be superwoman because it's not necessary for me to be. Now, the wider world says that it is, feminism says that it is, but really that combative stance is contributing as much to the problem as the oppression of patriarchy. When we come back into that beautiful, integrated, harmonious, and trusting relationship as women with the divine masculine, uh, we are able to feel covered and protected and safe. And my cover literally is a reflection of that covering. Every morning when I get up and put my veil on, it takes me two minutes, honestly, um, to prepare my hair, put on my wrap, my undercap, and then my, my, my wrap on top. Unless I fiddle around with different styles and it might take longer. But when I do that, I remind myself that I am covered by God. My entire body feels encased and safe and protected. And it is interesting. Like when you put a covering on yourself, men do interact with you differently. Now, men here are conditioned to be highly respectful and even distant with a woman who is covered. They won't shake your hand They'll nod and politely, you know, greet you and bow a little bit to you, but they, they, you know, they won't try to shake your hand. They won't try to touch you. Um, you will be honored. A lot of men will offer me the elevator. Would you like to ride alone? We can go on the next one. You know, that sort of a thing, or, uh, or, or, or offer a seat on the metro. There's just something about it that men instinctively recognize means protection. It means covering, and it's not just don't touch in a, a mean way or a, a, an unkind way. Hang on, I've got to open the door for my hubby here. But it's about really that sense of honor. It's really beautiful and I've enjoyed it quite a lot. You know, and I've noticed the shift in my relationships with men other than my significant other because of this practice. And uh, I like to think of it in a sense too that not only am I protected and covered by the veil, but I am in a sense shielding the world from the blindingness of the glory of God that is within me. You know, in uh, Jewish tradition, the glory of God, the formless glory of God is the feminine aspect of God, and it's often called Shekhinah. Um, and so uh, many, many Jews will point to the time that the prophet Moses was uh, on the mountain and... Um, he was, you know, hiding in the rock because the glory of God passed by and the glory of God was too powerful to be seen and too powerful to be, uh, to be experienced. Um, this, you know, this is the feminine aspect of God. It was too powerful to be seen. It was too powerful to be witnessed, too powerful to be experienced. And, and that's the essence of the feminine. The radiance is so potent that it has to be contained. And it is only under very specific circumstances that the radiance of God would be seen, that it would be shown. And it is the choice of the radiance of God, of the, the divine feminine, who can see her, who can experience her. And so I think that's what makes the veil really powerful is that it is a covering for radiance. And it protects the potency of our energy from being taken in a sense or soaked in by 
anyone or anything that we don't want to give it to. Like I was an experience recently where I was chatting with a woman and she was very, very sweet, but there was something, um, you know, that there, there was just a lot of pain there. And uh, there was a lot of my energy that was getting pulled on to go to her, but it was easier for me to hold my energy and to be able to, to um, bless her and support her without being drained energetically. This is all at the subconscious level, by the way, not conscious level. Uh, you know, I was able to bless her and support her and help her because I felt like my body was covered. I was able to hold it and contain that energy. I'm able to give that energy and that radiance and that glory to my, uh, my, my fiance, not to other men and uh, not to the world at large. And so I, I kind of giggle a little bit in the morning when I put my veil on because I like to say I'm covering the glory of God because it's too powerful for people to look upon without some type of barrier between them and me. Honestly, in many, many ways, I personally believe it's more powerful to cover and to say I have a choice of who views my glory than to say I'm just going to let it all hang out there and let everybody see it uh, for whatever reason and uh, you, know, you know I'm not going to be discerning about who has access to me. It is a boundary in a sense. It is a boundary for your energy. It is a boundary for your uh, your sensuality, it's a boundary for your, uh, you know, your spiritual essence and even your consciousness. Now, years ago, I wouldn't have seen it this way. I wouldn't have felt this way, right? Uh, you know, I wasn't fully in my divine feminine. And so I, I, you know, I thought that to be an empowered woman meant to show your body to whomever and to show it off. Or that it meant to walk around, you know, with your your hair uncovered everywhere and um, to, to be a liberated woman who is like a man. And I think the uncovered head of a woman is one of the ways that women express that, well, I can, you know, I, I want to be more like the divine masculine than the divine feminine. Now, I realize it's a very controversial opinion. I'm not asking anyone else to think that. But I just, so you understand where I'm coming from. So I can't speak for every woman about why she covers, uh, but I can I can I can attest from conversations that there are many many women, even Western women, who are wanting to be protected. They're wanting to be covered. They're wanting to steward their glory, their divine feminine glory, in a more conscious way. They are wanting to. Uh, to experience that sense of covering and protection and the veil is such a beautiful symbol for doing that and you can choose to wear it as a symbol of power not maybe not necessarily like your power as in like I'm a woman woman power but like the power of choosing trust and surrender and it is a symbol you know people think it's a symbol of patriarchy for some people it is for some women who wear it, it is a symbol of the patriarchy that they live under. But I do believe that it that that is the subverted form of the veil. The veil was meant to be a symbol of a beautiful and trusting and sacred relationship with the divine masculine. And uh, we can reclaim that. 
So there are a lot of different kinds of veils out there. Even here where I live in the Middle East, if you talk to women from a Muslim backgrounds, they'll tell you, you know, there's a, there's a, there are hijabs, there are shalas, which is much more, actually a lot of what people in the West think are hijabs are really shalas. These are long scarves that have just been draped over the head. Whereas a hijab kind of covers everything more tight around the chin and it's pinned and of course, you have uh, other things like niqab, which is where the face is covered. And by the way, you know, I've I've been to restaurants. I don't I don't cover my face. I don't go that far. But I have been to restaurants where I've seen women out to eat with other women wearing niqab, and then they'll just kind of like you know lift their veil when they want to eat and. No stress, no frustration, no anxiety, like they seem perfectly relaxed and happy, chit-chatting, doing their thing. This is just part of a choice that they've made to protect their radiance, to hold it in, and to be a, a gatekeeper in a sense of who experiences that glory and who has access to their energy. Beautiful symbol of power. So... If you want to start veiling or you're interested in this practice, maybe you want to try it. Maybe you want to just try veiling when you're doing your spiritual practice, when you're praying, when you are having chamber time with God. Uh, you know, it could be that you just want to, to start there. Like you don't want to wear it out in public, but you might want to try how your your divine connection practice feels different when you are covered. That's a beautiful place to start. And you can do that with anything. You can do it with a shawl that you already own. You could get a scarf. Um, it could be a new scarf. It could be from a discount store or a, a you know a resale shop. It could be a gift from someone. It could be a piece of lace. Um, I think the Catholic uh, mantilla is such a beautiful symbol. And I, I wanted to get one when I was in Italy, but I could only ever find black. And black isn't really my color. You know, cream is my color. And I couldn't find any cream ones in the shops there for some reason. But lace is another beautiful option. Um, and you can try just draping that over yourself before you go into your practice to contain your energy. If you want to try wearing it out and about, you know, and experience what it's like to go through your day with that, that covering, which I once had an old Jewish woman who told me that she felt like her veil was hands of blessing on her head, which I thought was the most beautiful way ever to describe a wrap. You can try turban or styles or, you know, tickles, which tend to be more turban-like or more kerchief-like. Um, the Jewish community is a beautiful place to explore this. And there are many Jewish women who are very happy to teach their rap style to women who are not Jewish. Uh, one of the groups I'm thinking of is Rapunzel, W-R-A-P-U-N-Z-E-L, like Rapunzel, but with a W. And, um, this is a group that was originally started by Jewish women, I believe out of Baltimore, but it then grew and it, their, their online community, you can find a community group for them on Facebook. Um, it grew to be women from every background around the world and women who rap for religious reasons, spiritual reasons, health reasons, uh, philosophical reasons, women who just like it as a fashion statement. You'll find every woman with every reason for rapping in that group. The woman who founded Rapunzel has hundreds of tutorials on YouTube for different styles. They have a gorgeous shop online, Rapunzel.com, I believe is the site. 
I've bought many scarves from there. I adore them. I've been very happy with them. They also have great uh, underscarf accessories for more turban style wrapping, especially if you don't have much hair, but you want a nice bulky look. There are undercaps for that. Rapunzel is a great resource for them. Um, if you are interested in trying full-on veil styles, some of the most comfortable styles out there are styles that are like shalas or hijabs worn by Muslim women, and uh, a, a wonderful resource for these, I highly recommend. It's a little more expensive than some other sites, but it's 100% worth it because of the quality uh, and natural fibers that are used to make their products. Um, Hotejob, H-A-U-T-E, hijab.com. They have a wide range of hijab style scarves in every type of uh, fiber you can imagine. They have chiffon, they have uh, cotton that's actually bamboo. They have um, bamboo jersey, which is my absolute favorite. It's the most comfortable, breathable thing ever. It's 100% sustainable. Um, their under, under scarves are also made out of this bamboo jersey fabric. They're wonderful really love everything that uh, Melanie and her husband Ahmed and the company put out. And they also know that they're serving a population of many more women than just Muslim women. You know, there are pagan women who buy from them. There are Christian women who buy from them, non-denominational or non-religious women who buy. Um, it really runs the gamut, even though their original audience, of course, were Muslim women. So you can imagine... Uh, you know, there's so many options out there. and There's even more than that. And that does bring up the question, you know, a lot of women will ask me, well, can I wrap? Can I wear a tickle? Can I wear a hijab? Don't these things belong to a certain religious group or a certain cultural group? And, um, you know, if I put, even as a white woman, I mean, I have literally read articles in magazines in the United States basically telling white women that they don't have the right to wear a wrap on their heads at all for any reason because wraps belong to indigenous cultures. If you do any research on uh, Melanie at Hot Hijab or Andrea, the founder of Rapunzel, or, or a lot of these other communities and groups, Almost all these women have covered this question at one point or another because they get it so often. Oftentimes they get it from uh, women, you know, who are not from a certain ethnic background, let's say, who are worried that, you know, they want to wrap, they feel called to wrap, they feel called to cover, but they're worried that if they do so, it's, um, you know, it's going to be some type of insult to a particular community or it's not acceptable. And here's the thing that they say, and I 100% agree. Wrapping belongs to all cultures. Yes, there are certain styles that are associated with certain cultures, but wrapping as a practice has been done the world over, time in memoriam. European women also wrapped uh, for centuries. Women didn't go out with their heads uncovered uh, for centuries. So, it, you know, Caucasian women from a European heritage, this is yours as well. It's only in the 20th century, really, that women put away hats and veils altogether, and only since the advent of the feminist movement, really, if we're being really specific. Um, and, and only since the advent of, you know, quote-unquote women's empowerment, where women have tried to step into roles that were traditionally held by the masculine. 
So this is not, you know, something where if you put a cloth on your head because you wish to invoke this symbol that, you know, you're doing something wrong because your people don't do that. No, your people have at some point in history. And you're probably someone who is called to reclaim that in some way or another if you feel drawn to this practice. So be respectful, ask questions, um, understand that probably you should put your own spin on your wrapping. And that's great. Like I've had Muslim women tell me that they love my hijabs and they've never seen someone put together the combinations that I do. Well, that's because I've taken these wraps and made them mine. Um, I've seen women do other things that I would never dream of doing, right? Because your individual personality will come out and it will become your own. And it becomes a beautiful fashion piece. Like I know a lot of women who rap who say, yeah, I do it for spiritual or religious reasons or reasons of divine expression. But really, I cannot imagine getting dressed in the morning now without putting on a scarf because it's like part of my outfit. I, w- I would feel naked without it or, you know, I wouldn't have as much fun or my outfit wouldn't be put together if I didn't have this wrap. So relax and have fun with it. Enjoy it. Be respectful. Ask questions. If you see a woman wearing a certain type of wrap, you know, find out more about it. If she's willing to teach you how to wear it or how to alter it to make it yours, then so much the better. Having the right undergarments is critical, you know, on your head. And by the way, I would say also when you can, try to buy natural fiber scarves like the ones from Haute Hijab I told you about they're woven sustainable bamboo um they're highly breathable and and it makes a hundred percent of a difference my hair has been so much happier since I quit wearing a lot of scarves that were made from cheap fabric that's been treated with chemicals you know whatever you put on your hair is similar to whatever you put on your skin it makes a difference and your hair can either have a reaction or it can feel a lot healthier as a result Uh, My hair is actually healthier now that I wrap, but it's because I do take a lot of care with how I do it. I do take a lot of care with my hair underneath so that my hair stays healthy. Um, Yeah. So to kind of put a bow on all of this, wrapping is an ancient practice. Covering the head is a beautiful symbol of feminine power. My power is so potent that I will protect it and others because it's too powerful to be viewed directly by everyone. And I have a choice as a woman who sees the glory of God in me and how much they see. And also it's an expression of trust, surrender, and safety with the divine masculine. It's this, It's a sign of, you know, my relationship with the masculine is not... Uh, is not one of fighting or fear. It's not one of combativeness or running away. It is a relationship of beauty and joy and harmony. And I'm safe. I'm supported. I'm covered. I get to relax and be in my feminine flow. It can also be a beautiful private spiritual practice, something to just do when you are alone or when you are with uh, your spiritual community. You know, there are many different ways and types of rapping. I choose to rap almost all the time, but uh, not everybody does, and that's okay too. It's really a symbol that can be what you make of it. But the, the first step is to recognize that it's okay. If you are feeling called to rap, if you desire to rap, if you've always kind of desired to rap, This is not weird. It's not unusual. Nothing wrong with it. 
it's something that is coming from deep in your soul. Maybe it's coming from past lifetimes, you know, where you were in spiritual service. I don't know. But if you're being drawn to it, then the question becomes, what do you do with that? How do you explore that? Are you going to allow yourself to be drawn and guided to what is for you? And are you going to take it as an adventure and say, I don't know why rapping is calling to me, but it is. I didn't know, by the way, and I guess I didn't really share about that, but I just felt called to cover when I prayed several years ago. This is back when I was still uh, going to church and identifying as traditional Christian. So I did it at home and then I felt called to start doing it out in public. And it just kind of went from there. I took it off for a while, actually, uh, because I kind of think I, I kind of just needed to feel the contrast. And I realized later that, no, this is really me. This is my calling. This is who I am. This is the symbol. Not for everyone else. It's not for show. It's for me. I want to feel covered. I want to feel my energy contained. I want to feel protected. I want to feel beautiful and feminine. And I want to always be reminded every day when I feel the hands of blessing on my head, as the old Jewish woman said, I want to be reminded that it is God, the divine masculine, who is my provider, my protector, that I am the divine feminine in that loving relationship, that um, lover-beloved relationship with God. That I am a cosmic queen. Queens always had their heads covered. Even in Europe where my family ancestry is from. Queen's head was covered. I'm a cosmic queen. I'm the beloved of God. I'm a temple of divine radiance. I'm containing the glory of God. And the veil is all that symbol and more. So if you are already doing this practice in some capacity, whatever it is, I would love to hear from you. I would love to see a picture of your veil if you are willing to share it. Um, if you're interested and you would like links, I'll try to get the links into the show notes for some of these websites I've mentioned, YouTube channels and things where you can explore more. And, uh, you know, if you, if you are currently rapping, I would love to know what the practice means to you as well. I've only covered here what's been part of my experience. There's so much more out there. And when you see a woman next who's rapping or rapped, you know, find out more about why ask her about it she might just be having a bad hair day and <laughs> wants to cover her hair up to run out to the supermarket but it could be something much deeper than that and even if you think based on how she looks or how the rap looks that you think you know why she's rapping ask her you might find out it's for a completely different reason you might make a new friend and you might find that your world is a little bit expanded too so I love you all so much. Thanks for joining me for the head wrap episode of the Divine Radiance podcast. To all my lovely and beautiful rap sisters out there, I'm sending you so much love and joy and connection. Keep it up. May your rap always be a beautiful sign and symbol to the world. And all my sisters who are unwrapped, much love to you on your journey as well. And to those who are future rappers, I cannot wait to see how you take this symbol, explore and express it uh, in the way that is uniquely, perfectly suited to you, to your journey, to your relationship with God, to whatever the calling is upon your heart and life. And uh, in just a moment, I'll be sharing with you how you can get in touch with me about this episode, any past episode, 
or ideas for future episodes. If you have questions and comments, I would love to hear from you and I'll see you for the next episode of the Divine Radiance Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode of the Divine Radiance Podcast. If you'd like to check out the show notes for today's episode, read more, listen to the podcast again, share it, or get in touch with me personally, you can visit templeofdivineradiance.com. That's my online home. You can also find me on Instagram at Temple of Divine Radiance or search Temple of Divine Radiance on YouTube as well. Blessings, and I'll see you for the next episode.